Welcome to Things Leaders Do, the podcast that uncovers the secrets of becoming an extraordinary leader. If you're a leader who's constantly seeking growth, inspiration, and tangible ways to level up your leadership, then you've come to the right place. Remember, the world needs exceptional leaders, and that leader is you. Now, here's your host, Colby Morris. Hey there, leaders. Welcome to the TLD Podcast. I'm your host, Colby Morris. I hope you had an incredible Thanksgiving last week. And for the record, uh, this is being recorded uh, just after Thanksgiving of 2023. Today, our deep dive is into a topic that has been part of leadership since, well, biblical times. (laughs) Resolving workplace conflict. Today, we're going to explore this in a way that reflects a practical and hopefully impactful style. Conflict. It is not the end of the world. In fact, it's actually a sign of a team that cares. But if it is left unattended, it can wreak havoc. Today, We're going to explore ways that you, as a leader, you can actually turn that conflict into a catalyst for positive change. Now, let's talk about your role in the conflict resolution drama. Spoiler alert, you're not just a spectator. We'll tackle some critical areas, so make sure you take some notes. First, you have to promote open communication. You ever heard of the saying, communication is key? Well, it was actually true. So communication, let's not underestimate its power here. Creating an environment where team members feel comfortable sharing their thoughts, that's a cornerstone of conflict resolution. Here's how you can make it happen. First, encourage regular check-ins. These regular check-ins, they provide a a structured space for team members, okay? They can share updates. They can voice their concerns. It's kind of like a team huddle, but specifically for communication. So schedule those check-ins and make them a, a consistent part of your team's routine. Also, make sure you're having your regularly scheduled one-on-one meetings with each team member. Okay, this is a great way to catch issues before they even start, if you're really listening. Speaking of listening, the second part of that is active listening. It's not just about talking, y'all. It's about listening. Actively listen to your team members. Sometimes the best solutions come from understanding each other's perspectives. And if you'll train your team in this skill, you'll be amazed at how quickly you can resolve issues. And even more than that, how often the team will resolve it and prevent it from escalating up to you in the first place. And just as a reminder, that term active listening, that is when you listen to understand and not to respond. Now, the next thing you need is a feedback mechanism. Now, establish this feedback mechanism. It it could be as simple as an anonymous suggestion box 
or regular feedback sessions. This not only fosters open communication, but also shows your team that their opinions matter. Personally, I've found that the <clears throat> the anonymous uh, feedback box or suggestion box has led to some great ideas and discussions and even brought some things to light that I had no idea was happening in the organization. One time, I pulled out a, a crumbled piece of yellow writing tab paper. You know the kind. It's the kind where it tears off from the top and not, not the side. I can only assume it was crumbled because someone wrote on it, then decided they were not going to turn it in, crumbled it, and threw it away. And I don't know if someone else found it and turned it in, or maybe that person had a change of heart, but I'm glad it's made its way to me either way. With the insight that that particular note brought, I was able to address a particular stressor that the note said the team was feeling. In this instance, it was actually the lack of overtime. We were getting close to the holidays, and Previous to my arrival, the leadership there did not handle overtime well. They ran a lot of overtime. So once we put better systems in place, that effectively killed the OT. Unfortunately for some of the team, they had learned to depend on that overtime for extra money, especially during the holiday season. Honestly, I don't know if that conversation ever would have come up if we didn't have the box. Next, you need to build a team charter. Charter. Now, imagine a contract, but cooler. Think of it as your, your team's guiding principles. It's a rule book that sets expectations and provides a roadmap for navigating conflicts. This explains how you will handle conflicts when they happen. Notice I didn't say if right there. As a leader, you're going to deal with them. So you might as well set the ground rules before they even start. That way, everyone knows how this will happen before they come to the table. Your charter should have a couple of things. <clears throat> One, it should clarify team values. Start by clarifying what your team values are. What do you stand for? This could be anything from honesty, transparency, or uh, collaboration. Once you're clear on your values, you incorporate them into your team charter. As the leader, you'll need to drive this a little bit here in order to establish it, but don't ignore your team's inputs. Make sure they have a voice as you create it. Let them know that they have buy-in now because it's a lot easier to get them to follow the process later. Two, you need to define the acceptable behaviors. What behaviors are acceptable within your team? Define them in your charter. This can range anywhere from uh, communication norms to how conflicts are, are addressed. Make it clear so there is no room for ambiguity. Be crystal clear here. No ambiguity. Spell out what will not be tolerated. Remember, you're setting the groundwork here. 
for me, there are a few things that I have come to expect. A, I tell each member that I want them to assume the best, not the worst, when it comes to intentions. Don't assume someone was just trying to tick you off or hurt you or make you mad. Assume better intentions. And B, I will not tolerate a cycle of arguing when one person isn't listening, or if they're both not listening. If they're not engaged in active listening, then they, they're just there to fight. I'll end it right there. Why? Because nothing positive will come out of it in that moment. We'll reconvene in an hour or so. And then, of course, you need to create a conflict resolution mechanism. Within your team charter, outline specific conflict resolution mechanisms. How should conflicts be reported? Do you even have a way for that to happen where it doesn't escalate? Where you can actually get the facts? What steps should be taken? The process, again, should be crystal clear. Make a stinking graphic if you need to. Make a flow chart or something. But everyone needs to know what it looks like when we start down this road of resolution. No gray areas in this one. Having this in writing ensures everyone knows the drill when the conflicts arise. Now, let's get hands on. Let's look at three practical tools for resolving conflict. First, I want you to picture a pyramid. No, not an Egyptian one, but more like uh, a contemporary guide, a graphic uh, to resolving conflicts. At its foundation, okay, the bottom base, that's trust, the bedrock of a healthy team. So why start here? Well, let me break it down for you. Trust is the base of our pyramid because without trust, any attempts to resolve conflict, it's like, it's like building your house on sand. It, it just won't be solid. The next few levels of the pyramid are these. Communication, commitment, accountability, and results. We've covered this before, but this is how your team starts out if you want a healthy culture. Each level builds on the one below, which creates this this framework that makes sure conflicts are not just resolved, but lead to positive outcomes. Now, let's talk about timing. You ever heard of the three-hour rule? It's really a straightforward yet potent strategy uh, to address conflict promptly. But why is, why is the clock your ally in conflict resolution? Well, the three-hour rule emphasizes addressing conflict within, get this, a three-hour window. <laughs> it is simple, yet powerful, and a strategy that can transform the way you approach conflict resolution. It's all about addressing conflicts promptly. It creates a, a timely intervention. See, when conflict arises, emotions are heightened, Okay. Perspectives can be skewed. People are hot sometimes. And when they're running hot, they may not always listen. But by addressing the conflict within three hours, you can catch it in that heat of the moment. And you can also increase the chances of a swift and effective resolution. 
But conflicts that are left unattended can snowball into larger issues. People start talking. They start this game of rumor where they, you know, it's a he said, she said. And before you know, it's huge. And it didn't have to be like that. The three-hour rule acts as a, a preventative measure. It, it stops the conflict from escalating. It's, it's like catching a, a small flame before it becomes a forest fire. Okay? You mitigate some of those uh, potential damages to the team dynamics. Promptly addressing, uh, addressing conflicts sends a clear message. A message uh, that you care. And it's also a message of responsiveness, right? It fosters a culture of trust within your team. Team members will feel heard. They'll feel supported. Uh, they'll know that their concerns aren't just going to linger out there in the shadows, but they'll be addressed and addressed in a timely and constructive manner. You see, lingering conflicts can poison a team's culture. I'm going to say that again, just in case you weren't listening. Lingering conflicts can poison a team's culture. And once your culture is poisoned, it can bring down the entire organization. It is our basic human nature to avoid conflicts. It's just how many of us are wired. We tend to put it off as long as possible. And because of that, it loses effectiveness when we finally do address it. It also sends the wrong message to your team. Well, leaders, that's our journey into the practical tools for conflict resolution. Uh, you got the resolution pyramid, the three hour rule, a couple other things in there. Uh, these are not just theories. They are tools you can use tomorrow to transform conflict from a, from a challenge into opportunity for growth. I want to thank you again for those of you who have subscribed to the podcast. And for those of you who haven't, please do. I want to get this message out to as many leaders as I can so we can transform how we lead in the world today, how we lead in our organizations. Uh, if you haven't rated and reviewed the show, please do so. Share what you're uh, listening to. Just take a quick screenshot, put it on your Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, whatever. Uh, and by the way, if you want to connect with me, uh, you can do so uh, on the on my LinkedIn page or the show's Instagram account, uh, both of which I've linked in the show notes uh, for today's show. Leaders, keep leading, keep learning, uh, find something you can take from this. Because as much as I want you to listen, if you're only listening and not putting something into practice, you are not growing. Make it a habit of starting something you learned. You know why, of course, you should do this because that's what leaders do.